Rudy, why are you whispering? I think we should now do ASMR videos and podcasts. It, is that those things I've seen on YouTube with the, the blonde people that kind of whisper at you? How is that going to work for us? Yes. Oh. Well, in case you don't know, ASMR stands for, I don't know, Autonomous Sensory Meridian Response. Apparently it makes you all tingly. And you get loads of views on YouTube. It's not making me tingly. It's making me slightly irritated and nauseated. It... No, it's very relaxing. You should be feeling so relaxed and tingly now. Like someone's sticking something in your bits. This is why all those those people on YouTube, they get serious amount of hits, don't they? Those All these kind of... Yes. And they're all... This could be us. This could be us, Dante. We're both sexy young ish men mm. these are the that, that's, that's that blonde one you sent me the link is this why you sent me a blonde wig in the post possibly <sighs> I mean we're we want those kind of views and um, no one's really done a gaming AMSR podcast before so we could possibly tap into a whole new market I, I, I really um, yeah first it was the 200 hour webcast of Red Dead Redemption 2, which we still haven't gotten around to, and now now this is your kind of, you know, kind of hit and follow making a quick scheme? I, I don't think anyone's going to want a it's, game. It's foolproof. Foolproof. It, Imagine it right now, some people are just listening to my voice to get to sleep, feeling all tingly and ejaculatory. Mm, yeah, I, I don't want to imagine that, but suddenly I am, and it's not a pretty sight. No, actually, thinking about it, you're right. No, I, that's that's weirded me out. I don't even want to think about all that people. No, should we just should we just do the show? Yeah, let, let, let's do the show. I mean, let's, people are trying to get their yeah. kids to sleep, so let, let's just do the show. So welcome Jambaggers to the 12th, it is the 12th episode of the Jambags Gaming Podcast. Thank you for sticking with us for 12 whole episodes. That's pretty amazing, yeah. So uh, I'm Rudy Manchego and with me is Dante Rodriguez as we step through uh, the best gaming culture has to offer. Absolutely, and absolutely no made up news stories whatsoever either. Nothing is made up, all is factual. Um, even our opinions are not made up, they're factual as mm. well. Because uh, all opinions on the internet are factual, not based upon any kind of personal predilection. Absolutely. Um, we are obviously going to do something to celebrate our sort of 12 month anniversary, not that of me and Dante going out together, but of the uh, podcast. So we actually might be in the same place at the same time with a microphone in the next few weeks, which is uh, rarity, as anyone knows, we're, we're different sides of the country. So we will try and get together and record a little something for um, a bonus episode, I think, so just a mini bonus episode. not going to do anything for our actual anniversary. I gave you that ring. I, I thought you'd like to. Um, yeah, well, I mean, yeah, um, I'm still saving for Paris. Like, you know, I've been saving for a few years now. <sighs> this is about me blowing the money at uh, E3, isn't it? Some of that was our Paris money, yes. You're not going to let that go, are you? No, it still hurts nearly, you know, eight or nine months on. Yeah, um, but apart from that, I think we should keep the intro brief today. Uh, we've got an apps. Quite a lot's happened. Uh, normally, this is quite a time of year, but it's quite a lot's happened this month, and we really want to get straight into that. We want to get balls deep in this episode, don't but we? Absolutely, completely balls deep up, up to our nuts and clunge, as uh, they say on the in-betweeners. Yes, and after those pop culture references of over 10 years ago, we will... Um, <laughs> we will no, we will the in-betweeners are still modern and relevant. Shut up. I'm I'm not um, old. They're all they're all like in their forties now. <laughs> they're doing bad specials. Anyway, wait, should we go move on to the Let's news? Let's go on to from the jam bags news. Okay, Jam Baggers, we are on for our new segment. So, the first story coming at you from Mr. Rudy Manchego. Rudy, what you got for us today? 
Well, as you may know, if you are on social media or anything like that on gaming platforms, Sekiro Shadows Die Twice Syndrome is gripping the nation. Now, this is actually now being diagnosed as an actual disease by the United States CDC, that Center for Disease Control, Whoa. otherwise known as the worst place to be during a zombie epidemic. Well, I, I saw that Walking Dead series and it was not a good place to be. Exactly. And then it all blew up again. So, um, spoilers. Mm, spoilers. Oh, yeah, sorry. Um, but really, so what the CDC have said is that the Sekiro is, it consists of people buying Sekiro, getting angry, frustrated, not really enjoying it, but going on social media to say that how hard it is, but how much they really do love it, and that it's actually very fair when they do die. Um, and that's mm. been diagnosed as an official condition now. That so does, That's a proper epidemic, isn't it? It is sweeping the uh, the nation, not just this nation, but uh, you know, the world, say. I mean, yeah, I'm, and a, a lot of people don't realise I've got it as well. It's a tricky one for self-diagnosis. So, sorry, sorry, so you've, you've got it? You've got the game or you've got the actual uh, disease? Oh, obviously, I don't have the actual disease. But yes, I do have Sekiro. I did get it uh, this weekend past, and I have uh, been playing it for a few hours now. Okay, uh, so how are you enjoying that game? I thought about picking that up myself, to be honest. Well, it is really, really hard. The difficulty definitely spikes, but I do love it. And I think it's very, very fair when I do die. So, yeah, it's pretty good. So you think it's very hard. You're frustrated with it. You've been on social media to say that, but you think it's fair when you die. I might need to call some kind of medical professionals. No, I really do love it. And it is very fair that when I die, I don't feel cheated because it's very fair. Quick, quick. It's because I'm not very good at the game, not because the game's too hard. No, no, no. Okay, guys, white cups on. Come on, let's 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 take Rudy. Rudy, Rudy needs to go. He's he's got it. He doesn't want to spread it onto anyone else. Come on, come on, come on. You are talking just to me. Shit. Okay, let's move um, on to our next uh, next story. So, uh, we also had kind of a big month for games release. I mean, I, I know March is kind of considered the other broke-tober, but uh, there's some good ones been out this month, including. Uh, Monster Slaying franchise Devil May Cry has come back with their fifth instalment. Uh, lots of reviews are saying it is the uh, the best yet. I see all kinds of uh, online reviewers uh, making all kinds of sort of creamy noises about it. Uh, Definitely creamy. Definitely creamy. Very much with the creaming. And uh, apparently, you know, it's it's a bit easier than Sekiro Shadows Die Quice. Uh, it's it's kind of more fun than than dying on your ass repeatedly. Uh, but no one who plays Sekiro is willing to admit that at this stage. Care to comment, Rudy? Uh, well, I mean, I will just say that I have not played Devil May Cry Five yet. Um, however, Sekiro is um, is very hard, but I really do love it, and I find that when I die, it's actually very fair because it's the it's the game, and it's not it's me and not the game. Right. You've got yep. you've got that thing that they get at the end of that super hot game, haven't you? Um, if you mean satisfaction with a job well done and a sense of progress throughout the gaming world, then yes, yes, I do have that. It's the most innovative shooter I've played in years. Absolutely. Oh, it is. It is uh, The combat within Sekiro is both innovative and punishing, but always fair. Fair. I think we both need to check ourselves into the CDC, to be honest. Okay, uh, what's our next story, Rudy? Uh, well, this is one that you've, you've put in here, mm. and I've not seen much on this one, so I might need your help. But for what you've put in our, in our show notes, Cyberpunk 2077, so this is the CD mm -hmm, Projekt mm -hmm. Red, a forthcoming role-playing game. It just says that the total you've written down is that it is still about to be released. Mm. So, yeah, what? How? How is is that news? Yeah, that, well, that's just the most important thing in gaming right now. How do you not freaking realize that? Oh no! Wait a sec. It says in notes here that you are about to lose your freaking mind mm -hmm. over it. Yeah, um, mm -hmm. and you're suffering from withdrawal symptoms from the game that's not actually come out yet. Yeah, no, I absolutely am. Uh, it's uh, it's it's really starting to uh, to affect my my life in all kind of facets of it. Because uh, essentially, anyone that's not coming to me with information about Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven, I'm tearing a freaking new one out of. So yeah, it, it's it's causing some some stress at home. Uh, there, there was a and you've you've had some issues as well with the law. I understand about. Um... About people that you were hoping would know something about well, CD Projekt Red. I figured the guy who works in the next office in my building, because he was Polish, he must be a CDPR spy, and but sir, surely he's got to know more than I do. And how... Is this, is this why you were arrested last week? Well, okay, apparently the police frown on me kind of tying him up and using a car battery on his nipples, but I feel it was a justified way of trying to get the information out of him. Out of interest, let me just—I'm just going to throw a wild thing out there. Do you speak Polish? 
No, not really. So if this 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 chap who uh, was proposed, if he was in fact a spy who come over from Poland pretending to be someone your co-worker, mm. who did have information about Sarah Twenty Seven, and you tortured him by uh, zapping his nips, what? And he did spill all his guts to you, probably in native Polish. What would you have done with that information? That's a really since you don't speak speak the language or any any anything at all. Well, I mean, I meant to record it so I could put it through Google Translator, but yeah, I'd forgot to put tape in the machine. And well, it's because you use all the battery up on um, the nips. Yeah, no, and the nipples it, on the tweaky bits. It did tend to, tend to seem to make the kind of the power and run down and the pink glove handles. Yeah. <clears throat> okay, so I didn't really think yeah. it through, but still, the point remains: can we please have that game? It looks so good. I think it looks uh, average. Oh, f- you, Rudy. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm sure it's going to be awesome. I'm sure it's going to be awesome. As long as it's not a really massive open world game, it'll take me months to complete that I'll completely fail at. Uh, I imagine I'll enjoy it. Right in the ear. Just just right in the ear. And finish the friggin' Witcher while you're at it. <laughs> Put it in a long line of very large games that I'm not finishing. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so that you've got a new story here. Let's move on from Cyberpunk. It's okay. clearly that's affecting it's... you. So let's let's move on from that. So yeah, Dottie, you got something about the Awesome Store. Yeah, well, I don't know if you heard about the the Awesome Store. It's one of those uh, new places. <laughs> you say you've not heard about it. Not that many people seem to have. It's uh, a new place um, for games to be sold. So we've already got kind of Steam and Xbox Live, but now there's there's the Awesome Store. And more and more games seem to be signing themselves up to being Awesome Store exclusives, and it does seem to be pissing off gamers quite a bit. Uh, developers with games like um, Dark Passage, Colon Evacuation, uh, well, they're... Saying... Sorry, can you just stop there? Well, you say colon evacuation, is that... No, there's a colon in the middle of the title. I mean, it's... Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, sorry, I'm looking at my show notes. Sorry, I'm, I'm in my glasses. I just heard you say that it was Dark Passage, Colon Evacuation, and that seemed like a very, very dark dark topic oh, it's, to it's, exploring in a video game it's a very dark title that one i mean uh, we, we we played the demo of it at uh, egx and uh, and the, the sheer amount of kind of darkness and brown on the screen was uh, was quite overwhelming to be, uh, to be honest. yeah um there's a lot of colons in being you know um evacuated there wasn't there yeah absolutely uh but i enjoyed it at the end of the day i, I mean you said you enjoyed it Anyway, well, uh, yeah, I absolutely did enjoy it. Yeah, but yeah, no. So apparently, that game is now an exclusive on the uh, on the Awesome Store, uh, meaning that uh, you know people on things like uh, Steam and other platforms aren't able to get to it. And uh, we kind of asked the uh, developer of that game for uh, for a comment, and their comments came back a little surprising. They said, "Well, we don't want to sell a lot of copies anyway. We'd much rather have a game that only awesome people get to play." So it seems like it's kind of being aimed at the hipsterish market. And how did I mean? How did that go down in the market? I mean, you know, for my my opinion, that went down like a sack of soggy shit. But it did seem. I mean, Dark Tunnel colon evacuation did go down like a sack of soggy shit. You're right. Um, uh, people are hoping that once the exclusivity deal is over, that other people will be able to play. Uh, you know, the Dark Tunnel game. But uh, until then, uh, there's going to be a lot of waiting around for that evacuation. So it's really not the uh, the best possible news for gamers out there. Mm, it's interesting. It's it's almost like gamers wanted a new Steam. They wanted a new store in which they could buy stuff where developers were better rewarded. That would attract people over from Steam so that Steam didn't have the monopoly uh, and allow substandard or offensive or racist, homophobic, uh, violent games on there or just asset flips. Mm. And yet when one has come along, they've got angry at the fact that there is now something that they have to play games on other than Steam. Um, it, it does I just find that interesting. Boggle the mind a little bit that uh, that yeah, people seem to have been uh, well unsure as to what they want in this situation. That uh, yeah, once they kind of get what they want, they they find they no longer want it. Yeah, hmm. yeah. Okay, that is interesting. Okay, well, let's move on to our final story today. So obviously, you've talked about like you know, it's been a busy time of the month. So this is talking about uh, the Division Two. Yeah, now from our good friends over at Bubisoft. So, Bubisoft exec. So, for what I can understand, um, there's been a lot of question over sales, got a digital versus physical. But overall, the game has been better received. Seems to have started off stronger from a player base start point of view. Um, some arguing over whether sales are down or up from the first one. But 
Um, Bubisoft execs, I think, have come out and revealed their secret behind um, what they're calling a big success. So could you perhaps give us a bit of view on that? Oh, I, I actually have a, a tape of the interview that we did with uh, Cedric Latour. He still takes my calls, which is a little interesting. But uh, anyway, I'll, I'll hang, cue up the tape, ready. Um... Yep. So the secret to the Bubisoft formula when coming up with the Division 2, well, we decided to make it very slightly better than the original and even slatlier better than Anthem. And voila! Boom! Money in the motherfucking bank. So, clearly they had their... Wow, you you two have good access to this source. Uh, Cedric is providing us with some podcasting gold, I think, in terms of news. He's a good guy. I mean, okay, maybe he's uh, kind of a bit of a money-grabbing corporate asshole, but who isn't in the gaming Mm. world these days? Yeah, and he's quite close to to you guys in Slough, isn't he? So, um, despite the fact he says he's based in Paris he yeah. actually is based in, in Slough you usually find him kind of uh, round behind where they used to film the UK version of The Office uh, just kind of going through the dumpsters and stuff so yeah he, he's he's a good guy he's useful to, to be able to hit up for information every now and then right okay <laughs> so that is that round up for our news today that is our news for today moving on to our next section fantastic Okay, Jam Baggers, we are on to our next regular segment, which is The Jammers. This is the part in the podcast where we talked about someone uh, sort of associated with the gaming industry. Now, if you were paying attention uh, last month's podcast, uh, we started by talking to someone who was uh, very much committed to the Xbox Microsoft brand of gaming. Now, we're continuing that theme uh, by talking to someone else who is very committed to the Nintendo. Um, I have in the studio today uh, Mr. Colin Smedley Goomba. Hello, Colin. Uh, hello. Thank you for joining us on... Oh, one, one second, one second. Sorry, I just need to do my inhaler. Sorry, one sec. One sec. That's delightful. Uh, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm ready now. Okay, so hello, Colin. Welcome to uh, to the Jam Bags uh, podcast. Uh, so we're here to talk about uh, you. your love of all things Nintendo. Oh, I, I do absolutely love Nintendo. For me, it is the ultimate brand, uh, the perfect combination of all gaming in the world. So what is it about that brand that attracts you to them? What inspires your loyalty? Why is it Nintendo above all others? I think it's clear that in the industry, uh, Nintendo holds a unique place. They don't do oversaturation of their of their core franchises. Uh, they release innovative hardware, which uh, always pushes the boundaries of what's uh, available in gaming. Mm-hmm. Um, they only cater to a family-friendly market. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, um, they produce fun and nowhere near pointless peripherals. So um, overall, they are the complete gaming package. Yeah, that all sounds like real stuff and not at all made up uh, craziness there. So, yeah, okay. So, Nintendo brand, family-friendly. No, I'm sure you don't. Uh, So, you know, kind of those family-friendly games. So, it's looking at a very specific kind of uh, area of the market, which, again, might might not appeal to to, to me necessarily, but uh, I know there are lots of people out there that like... That's because you're wrong. So, I've been told by my many, many people. Very wrong. Um, Have you ever played a Zelda game, Dante? Uh, if you've listened to the uh, the podcast, uh, I, I I haven't. No, however, I, I haven't because you don't talk about Nintendo enough. Mm. Yeah, no. Well, we're, yeah, we're, we're working on that. I actually have purchased a NES and a SNES Mini, and I'm planning on playing some of those early Zelda games. So shut up you're, and you're, stop. Wait a second. Are you going to open the boxes at some point? Maybe. No, you can't do that. But but how will I play it without opening the box? You're not supposed to play them. So, so that's stupid. Why would you do that? So, your Nintendo collection. How how much actual playtime do you get out of your various Nintendo devices? Uh no, I don't play them anymore. Right. Okay. Uh, that's an interesting way of They're approaching gaming. If you very collectible. Um, again, I have to question exactly how much fun you'd be having with those, though. So, tell me, what is your favorite Nintendo exclusive? Well, that is that is actually very easy, Dante. Um, my favourite Nintendo exclusive would probably be my sealed and unopened copy of Super Mario Brothers for the original Famicom Japanese family computer, so not the uh, European or US version, uh, from the 1980s that I bought from a man in a pub who said he was from Japan. And it's so rare and valuable to me that I actually keep it in a small oxygen tent in my mum's bedroom. 
Right, so have you actually ever played or tested the cartridge to make sure that that is actually what's on it and he's not just sold you a lump of plastic? No, because the man said that if I took it out of the box, it would instantly lose all its value and would probably decompose instantly. Right, what, what does this man look like or sound like? Is it, uh, he sounded a bit like me, was tall and had a slightly Spanish sounding name. Mm. Yeah, that does sound... He said he knew you. Oh, Rudy, right, okay. Anyway, right, so... It only cost me £4,000. Wow, so he's just about recouped from... I sold a kidney. Wow, I'm sure Rudy is going to feel super happy about that when you develop any Mm. kind of uh, Mm. blood-based diseases. Um, It's worth it. So, okay, I'm clearly I need to hit Rudy up for some money, but uh, what is your favourite Nintendo memory? Sorry, I lost you there, Dante. Uh, so tell me, what is your favourite Nintendo memory? What's uh, what kind of the, the the gaming experience? The thing that where you've had the most fun with the with your Nintendo devices, even though you seemingly don't really play them anymore. I think the the pinnacle of both Nintendo and gaming was in the early nineteen nineties when uh, Super Mario Land single was released on vinyl by Ambassadors of Funk featuring MC Mario. That was uh, the best that gaming ever got, and we'll never get any better than that moment. So you say the best thing, moment that ever in gaming is a song being Correct. released. Uh, yeah, it was a remix of the Super Mario Land first level theme tune and had some people rapping with some popular rap music in the background. Right. So it wasn't actually a game. It's just something you listen to. It was a highly collectible accessory based upon a very popular video game of the time. Yes. Sounds like a, a fantastic moment in gaming for you. I mean, I've never listened to it. It's still in the vinyl wrapper, isn't it? Oh yeah, I haven't even I haven't even opened it. But it's your favourite memory. It's the best thing ever. Best thing ever, right? Someone's going to print that on the side of the uh, the sleeve if it wasn't going to devalue it so much. Tell me, have you ever played any other console or or, or any console at all for that matter? And not at all. No, why would I? I've got Nintendo is the best that there is. So as it's Nintendo is so collectible, why would I ever ever play a console? In fact, I'm offended at the idea that there are other consoles. Why would Sony or or Microsoft or I don't know anyone make any kind of console that isn't a Nintendo one? It's pointless. Uh, I just don't even I don't even know what that is. Yeah, well, I mean, it could be argued that it's pointless to have a, a games machine for gaming on which you play games that you'd never take out of the packet that uh, that remains unplayed and therefore producing no fun or joy. But hey, maybe that's just me. Maybe I'm thinking uh, people really don't want fun from their games these days. I think you're understanding that gaming isn't about playing games. It's about making collectibles that have an investment in the future. And I've told my mum, I've said, mum, um, it's not a waste of space that's in your spare bedroom and the other bedroom and the downstairs room and the downstairs toilet. It's actually valuable collectibles that will only increase in value and um, therefore are a wise choice. Well, I collect Funko Pops and even I think that's fucking pointless. So anyway. Uh, are they Nintendo Funko Pops? No, no, they're not. Do you have any amiibo? Not on me or in me. Uh, what? What's one? No. Oh, I don't, I'm not really interested then. Sorry. I don't know what Funko Pop is. Yeah, well, you seemed to a minute ago. But anyway, what makes you most excited for the future of Nintendo? What uh, What they got coming out that's uh, really making you think, oh, got to kind of get that one on launch day? It's because Nintendo are clear innovators in their field. I mean, if you look at things like, you know, um, cloud gaming, a cloud saving, for example. I, I, they've just released uh, cloud saving on Nintendo Switch, which means if I ever play my Nintendo Switch, I could save I could save my progress in the cloud and not lose it ever. And you have to pay like £17 a year for that. No other games companies doing that, are they? That's why Nintendo are the best. No other games companies? None at all? No, obviously not. Mm, I think I might need to fact check you on that one. Um, and that's for the privilege of cloud saves. It's £17 a month. Bargain. Oh, and you could also play some NES games that I've already got on every previous console ever bought by Nintendo. Wow, I, and so nobody else is doing backwards compatibility either? Not not worth speaking about, no. Hmm. Okay, well. Well, thank you very much for bringing us your input on uh, on Nintendo games, uh, Colin. It's been uh, absolutely riveting talking to you, and I don't want to take up any more of your time. I guess you better get back. Are you sure you haven't got any amiibos? I am pretty certain that I've not been infected. If I had, R- Rudy, Rudy said you had some amiibos. I, I used to have an Amiga. That's that was a games. Con- I don't even know what that is. No, he said you had one of um, Bayonetta leaning over and showing a bits. 
he's not supposed to know about that one. How does he know about Um Yeah, that's highly collectible. Can I have it? No, because I don't have it, and it, it's certainly not something that... The only reason I came on here was for well, that. Well, it's, it, it's, it's not in its sealed packaging, and it's, it's, it might have some stains on it. What? I don't want it then. It's rubbish. Mm, okay. Anyway, uh, thank you, Colin. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye. State of the Gaming Nation. Hi everyone, and this is the State of the Gaming Nation, as you heard by our lovely, wonderful uh, jingle. And this could be, uh, Dante, a momentous occasion in gaming. We have seen the announcement of a major tech giant getting into the ring. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's been on the cards for a little while, but uh, yeah, so it's not really that much of a surprise that, that the Google is starting to weigh in on on their own kind of games machine. But it sounds like it's going to be something quite revolutionary, something we've not really seen before in uh, in gaming. Yeah, potentially, I think. Um, I mean, I know that, you know, gaming history is littered with the corpses of failed devices, mm. you know, companies that have, have, have had dominance and have fallen by the wayside or have stopped making consoles like Sega or, you know, you've got your um, all different companies like Atari and all that kind so of thing. Failures. Basically but, everything that's in your uh, in your spare room right now, right? Yeah, well, that's highly collectible. But I mean, but this is actually a company with massive clout and the ability, you know, huge, you know, pockets, deep pockets on the floor front. And they're proposing an entirely new way to consume gaming. And I think it's big. And I think we have to mark that in state of the gaming nation. So, I mean, not without its controversy, I don't think it's, it's fair. No, but to it does say. sound like a pretty seismic shift into, uh, into a different area. I mean, there's kind of been hints at it with. Uh, you know, kind of, you know, they, they've kind of hinted at the next Xbox having you no know, disk drive and that sort of thing, so that it's all kind of uh, through through downloads and streaming and that sort of stuff. But this is this seems like another step on. Yeah, it's. So for those who aren't in the know, uh, first of all, if you're not in the know, then what the flipping heck are you doing listening to this gaming podcast? Um, it's not going to make that, you any more in the know, is it? Really? Is. No, I'm just going to regurgitate what I read on the BBC website. So. Um, Google have released, I think, is it uh, information about Google Stereo? I believe that's the name. Yeah, that's, that's what I've heard. Yep, Stereo. Yeah, um, which I thought was uh, some kind of sugar substitute, but it turns out I was wrong. And um, I thought it was like a home uh, home castration kit. Either way, I'm being put off it. It's not sweet, and I might lose my mm. nuts. Um, but the whole point of this is that it's about streaming, isn't it? It's playing it via a browser with a controller, yep. and they're claiming that they can improve. For people with solid internet connections of a certain speed, they can deliver a smooth gaming experience with titles that are streamed. So well, no hardware needed yeah, really except apparently. for the controller, I think, and the, and the magic that I mean, I've heard, I mean, we've got a guest coming up who's going to tell us more about this, but I've heard that you don't actually need that kind of intense an internet connection. I mean, as long as you can view YouTube well enough um you can get a good kind of 60 frames per second response out of the stereo apparently exactly and everyone you know everyone on the internet is like that's you know poo-pooing it um as they do about everything a big uprising uh, up, gamers saying oh no one wants this this is all you know bollocks mm. oh you know my internet's not good enough i want to own my games i want to be able to smell my games i want to be able to lick my games i want to be able you to do seem um, to be kind of, to masturbate yeah. too um you seem all about licking your games lately I've, 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 that's a bit weird uh well i think you need to if you've bought a physical thing you should just see what they taste like mm. uh it's my personal opinion but yeah, so um, it, it's this has the potential to shake up the industry, doesn't it? It really I mean, does. What's your take? I, I think it's uh, it's something that's certainly worth looking into. I mean, I I, I don't know. Sometimes uh, these things that we think are going to move the industry on just don't. I mean, I for one thought the Kinect was going to be absolutely revolutionary, and it just turned out to be shit. So um, you know, it, it it could go either way. But if if something kind of catches on in the zeitgeist. Um, I think if anyone can make it happen, Google can. Uh, so yeah, just kind of watch this space, really. So I don't want to. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think my my hot take is that if it is convenient and works as well as Google say, and it, the, the tech is solid, mm. and we've got no reason to assume it isn't. I mean, I know. Um, I think everyone's aware that if it isn't, there's been people that have failed at doing this before, but they don't have necessarily clout with Google. If it's as good as that, and I think a lot of you know hardcore gamers and stuff are saying, well, it's not for me, but. I think if you're a casual gamer, perhaps someone that wants to play FIFA with mm, your mates yeah. um, 
or you, you want to play a few games a year and you don't have to buy a huge console and you perhaps you pay you know six seven quid a month for some kind of streaming service and you get a bunch of games or whatnot included on it with the ability to access loads of games that's pretty appealing yeah. uh, so if, if technology is up there i think this could shake it and i certainly think that microsoft and sony and uh, will be are already heavily invested in cloud tech so i can't see this not being you know being big but let's not just take my oh yeah no, massively expert uh, word for you, it you played me some of that let's interview I'm, to... I'm really looking to hearing forward to hearing the whole of this interview yeah so while you were um off having your jollies i was uh i got up at like um three in the morning to talk with someone from direct call from from the us um he's an ex ex brit developer um but is also now working as a, as a correspondent i believe evangelist for uh the google stereo product uh dan danielson yeah. so um let's just perhaps um have a bit of that interview going on on now so i'm just going to quickly put that on for you guys then we can perhaps talk about it afterwards so um okay let's hit play hello and welcome to my phone call about the google stereo okay i called you though dan um that's just how we answer the phone here at google right so um Dan, that's sorry that is that i came up with the wrong guy i had some i had some questions here but um what do you what do you think that this uh, google stereo idea this idea of streaming games you know what is it that you think is exciting well i think it gives you the opportunity to free yourself from your devices to go to anywhere you want to go to any web browser that you like or preferably google chrome and and play whatever games come to you through the magic of the internet that we're only just starting to realize now what you said just starting to realize um you guys are an internet tech giant i thought you guys understood what the internet was quite quite well Oh, we do. It's just they're always pushing the boundaries into things that we cannot explain. Well, um, right. You can't explain it, but you... Okay. Well, as um, they said in, in, in Westworld, everything is magic except the magicians. Ooh. Right. So this is on par with creating sentient AI in a theme park, is it? Oh, it absolutely is. I think the, the Google Stereo is designed for you so it will tailor the gaming experience to exactly what you want it will uh, make sure that it knows what games you like to play and provide more of them for you it may even create those games through an ai component where it completely creates the game so for example uh, your good friend D dante it would create new assassin's creed games on a weekly basis all right, what would it what would it create for me then? You know, you seem to know a load about Dante. What would it what would it create for me? It would create a hybrid of uh, Super Bomberman and Super Metroid, and make it even newer and more graphically great than those games. All right, that was a lucky lucky guess, and um, I am slightly erect at the thought. But um, okay, so this is. <laughs> This is going to be uh, disruptive potentially for the game industry. How do you feel about the fact that you might be doing retailers out of jobs, that you might be doing um, other other companies, other publishers, uh, manufacturers out of jobs? How does how does that make you feel? Dan? Well, uh, I mean, how did the creators of Netflix uh, think when they uh, completely destroyed Blockbuster Video? It was just a way of moving with the time. And I know that the, the games companies are, are trying to catch up with us by having uh, gaming subscription services like Game Pass uh, and kind of the so-called uh, EA Access, the Netflix of gaming. But with something that's so completely new, I don't think they're going to keep up with the Google. Okay, um, that's in an unnecessary long amount of time to respond to that question. Um Right, so uh, I guess my other question is, is, is the Google is is what kind of game can we expect to see on it? What's the what have you got lined up for us when this when this bad boy goes live later in the year? Well, we have got a massive collection of uh, of, of retro games that are going to go on there. Uh, Ooh, go on, yeah, go on. No, I, I thought that would excite you. Um, you know, it's all kind of uh, various different things, like from the the rare back catalogue and the the. Uh, a few of the Nintendo ones that we've managed to get the licenses for, uh, uh, as well as some more 
uh, kind of adventure style games. Uh, sadly, we don't seem to get much uptake from the triple uh, A, the triple A gamings. Uh, but we feel that this is going to come through in time when our new kind of way of uh, doing games uh, overtakes the old, outdated ways, and those old consoles go the way of the dinosaur. Oh, okay. So um, right now, then, you uh, have some old games, um, some cheap games, and not really any other kind of games. Well, yeah, that's pretty accurate, I suppose. But again, we are working with browser-based technology, and uh, you know, we need to make sure that it's uh, capable of running on you know, computers that might not be top-of-the-line gaming PCs. Okay, now, well, thanks very much for your your uh, input there. That is, uh, is quite all right. And if you would like an, an early tech demo, uh, please send all of your old consoles to Google and we, we'll put them in the bin and give you a Google Stereo controller for your... Yeah, I won't, I won't be doing that. That's um... Anyway, thank you very much, Dan. Well, so, okay, uh, Dante, what do you think of that little slice wow. of interviewing there? I was um, completely confused by the entire conversation, I must that say. Was... I didn't really understand what any of it meant, what games are coming out, what it actually does, or if it's going to work. What did you well, think of it? that was really strange. I mean, it's had a slightly hypnotic effect on me, and I suddenly want to throw all my old consoles away. Um, but, yeah, it, it, it seems like it's, it's, it's kind of on its way, and uh, I can't quite figure out if... If Google are just trying to kind of come up with their own niche of the market, or if they're trying to completely obliterate all their their competition by hypnotizing people into throwing that, it was quite hypnotic. I've already pre-ordered it, um, and there's not even a pre-order page available. I don't even know how. Mm. I just got an email saying that I had pre-ordered it um, from in my Gmail account. I didn't actually go anywhere to sign up for it. It just seemed to know I wanted oh. it, and now it's going to just come, just come up on mine too. That's a little scary. Um, wow, that's weird. I, yeah, that, that that is a little strange. You don't think my Google devices are, are listening to me as I'm talking and, and just kind of... Oh, no. Oh, look, I've got another oh. one. I've got another one. What's it say? Um, you've ordered two. Thanks very much. This is for your uh, wife and two daughters. Um, well, they're giving me my address and a list of their likes and dislikes. Mm. Oh, that's, okay, that's Yeah, no, they, 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 they seem to... Yeah, they're very, very kind to... They do care. They, they, they do they, care they about care. us. They, 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 I mean, their corporate mantra is "Don't be evil." So, I mean, how, they wouldn't lie, would they? I know. Don't, yeah, don't be evil is is a fantastic way because no one in the history of mankind has ever been evil when they've declared themselves not evil. No, no, absolutely no. Anyone who claims not to be evil is clearly definitely not evil because they said so. I mean, why would they say anything else? Exactly. Hmm. Um, so, um, our verdict, then, I guess, Jam Baggers, I guess, what you want to look at is. It's a wait and see, but this could shake things up, you know, a lot. Mm. Uh, there's, there's a lot riding on this. I'm, I'm very interested to see how this uh, this progresses. So uh, thank you, uh, Dan Danielson, for the interview from Google. Hope to be hearing more from you again soon. Yeah, and that was State of the Gaming Nation. Metro Fauna? No, Retro Corner. Okay, that very new sounding jingle that you heard there is the start of our brand new segment, which is called Retro Corner. After being badgered for months on end by Mr. Rudy Manchego, I have finally kind of given in and purchased myself uh, some retro consoles. Well, it's about time that you got on the... I want to say bandwagon, because that implies badness, or, you know, some kind of negativity, but got into... Um, the new old new if that makes sense i'm still not completely convinced so on, on this kind of uh, terminology of new old new being the older the gooder but but still i'm i've uh, i was feeling like i was missing out on some of the kind of more pure uh, older gaming experiences uh, particularly mostly because uh, microsoft are taking forever to get some of my favorites from the uh, from the old games onto the backwards compatibility so yeah max Payne and vice city and that sort of stuff uh, so i bought myself uh, a 360, which again isn't really all that retro. It's only one generation behind, but you know, it uh, means I can play some of those old games that I've had in my cupboard for ages that uh, I've uh, had kind of a hankering for lately. Okay, well, I mean that's you're slowly getting there. Um, any you got your eyes on any other retro purchases? 
Uh, I have bought myself both a NES and a SNES Mini. Uh, however, I mean, we heard discussed with uh, with Colin earlier. I have yet to remove them from from the packet. Not because I'm wanting to keep them in mint condition. It's just I'm not too sure where to start. I mean, having never owned a Nintendo, never played a Zelda game, you could probably say I should probably start with Zelda. Um, it's it's a little overwhelming the choice that I've got, and um, yeah, I, I'm 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 just kind of wondering where where to go first. What uh, uh, which ones to pick up so i mean you know what's on the the nes and snes minis where would you start i would ooh, it's an interesting question i suppose i would say that 8-bit gaming is going to be harder so the nes is going to be harder to get into than uh the, the snes games yeah. um i think you'll get into the snes games quicker i would say that you've got you now own the best game ever made which is super metroid oh yes um, no no i should probably give that a go that is a massive uh kind of gap in my in my back catalog you're right um, I would play it, and I would say that it's probably the one that definitely holds up. Obviously, you've got things like Street Fighter 2 on the yeah. SNES uh, Classic, which is great. Um, Have a go Super Mario World, that's a classic. Mm. Um, Zelda Link to the Past is going to be a bit of a time sink. Um, it's quite a big game. Yeah. Um, and there's some RPGs and stuff, and there's some other rock hard games in there. But I think if you gave Super Metroid a go, it's great. If you need any advice, I know it all by heart. <laughs> um, so just give me a shout. All right. But um, that's where I would start. And I think if you enjoy that and go, I want some more of this, then move on to some of the other uh, games like the Castlevania game that's on there. Um, oh, and I yeah. think it's a Kirby game on there, I believe. Oh, I haven't got the um, packets here in front of me, but so, yeah, you're probably right. Uh, and then go back to some of the NES stuff. And with the NES ones, I would probably go to... Um, I'll go with the Mario's for that one just because it's probably a good place to start. But you'll, you'll find it's a bigger shock going straight into a NES classic, mm-hmm. I think. I tend to start at 16-bit gaming to be honest i do have a nez yeah is that right next to me in fact but um yeah i've got all my stuff set up now okay but yeah so that's that's a good place to start and see if you like it and see if you want to get into into older consoles and stuff from there yeah i mean i think the 360 was a good step because it's meant i've been able to go back to some favorites as uh, as max Payne. But sadly, well, not sadly, I am enjoying it still, but it really hasn't aged that well uh has max Payne. he looks like he should be in minecraft with a head that square yes it is um it's an interesting one. Some it's really weird how some games just stand up and some don't. Um, some games, I think, if they were games were original, I felt like they were new then and got a unique style, particularly unique art style. Yeah, they stand up. And well. I, I think Max Payne does have that to a certain extent. I think there's, there's some things like uh, the quality of the audio, and every time he steps through some snow, it sounds like I'm having a you know, kind of water balloon set off in my ear or something like that. It's 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 not good. Yeah, I mean, it is some games you think, oh, this would be great, and and, and that isn't. I mean, I think personally, think that's true of the. Um, Max Payne's more of a PS2 era, but PS1 era yeah. and um, N64 is, is harder to forgive. Um, it's, it's definitely harder to forgive. Yeah, no, I, I got myself a copy of um, Spider-Man 2, which I had on the, the PS2, and I absolutely loved. But it, I don't know if it's just because it's on the Xbox, because the controllers were a bit different. Uh, I'm, I'm not kind of getting the controls quite as well as I used to. Um and uh, no, you're wrong because that's still one of the best superhero games ever made. Well, I'm, I'm, I have played that. I played that a few years ago again on the GameCube, and it's amazing. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think because the uh, the control for web zips in a different place to where it was, where I'm used to. Because the did the Xbox original controller only have one trigger button? Uh, pass. Yeah. But I do know, I do know that yes, it used to be on the GameCube. It was on, I think, the right trigger. Mm. I think to swing. I can remember it was really conveniently placed. It was quite a modern game, I think, from the controls. Yeah, no, it was. I mean, uh, kind of, I've kind of looked back on articles online about it, and it's the combination of the uh, the speed button, the jump button, and the swing button. Uh, and once you kind of get that, it's 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 not too bad. But I always remember the the web zip being on um, the one above the the right trigger, the right bar, or whatever you'd call it. Uh, yeah, and I think so. Yeah, yeah. but uh, so I always kind of go to that button to, to to activate that. But on the Xbox, it's actually a combination of the the left trigger and the right trigger, so it it, it just feels wrong. That no, doesn't sound. I can't remember. It's been a while since I played it. That doesn't sound. Yeah, because when I played the um, the newest Spider Man at EGX, those old muscle memories kicked in, and I still hit the right bar to do web zip, which it also doesn't do. No, that is that is that is a danger. Some of this stuff you're sort of playing. You're playing it on a different console to what your memory is, so um, your muscle memory is not, not doing as well. Yeah. But I mean, okay, well, it's, I'm glad you're finally making this move over to retro games because um, 
it is really you know where I think we can get some more listeners and really get into it. And also, it means you can come join me on one of my many jaunts to retro fairs, mm. uh, retro game fairs, where you can jostle with the great, the good, and the nerdy, and yeah. um, have lots of fun and spend an awful lot of money on things that you probably won't use. I'm not sure I have an anorak smelly enough to go to those, but we'll see what we can do. So I can most definitely lend. I'm you one. sure you can. So, what uh, retro purchases have you made lately? I have made a significant retro purchase. Um, which is, um, I tweeted it out on our account, but I got, I uh, was lucky enough, well, I say lucky enough, um, I bought a Mega CD um, to go with my Mega Drive. Um, Mega CD 2, so it comes with a tray that it fits on, so it's slightly <laughs> different from one that sits on top. Yeah. And I bought a couple of games for it, um, but I spent a bit of money on Star Wars Rebel Assault oh, uh, on the Mega oh, CD. Oh man, now that is, that is some classic gaming right there. Yeah, um, now it was, I never actually realised it was released for the Mega CD, but um, we used to play this on the PC back in it? our formative years. On I think we played, I think you had it on PC, mm. and another friend of ours uh, who's known to the podcast as Crowbar, I think he had it on Mac because he oh, was a Mac user yes, back in those yes, days. Yes. But either way, it was a great thing. It was kind of like it had video, one of the very first sort of like video motion mm. in games, stuff like FMV shots. And um, I did a bit of research and found out that it was slightly downgraded from like the PC and Mac versions on the Mega CD. And I have given it a quick go. And I can say unequivocally that it is quite terrible <laughs> and it's unplayable. But um, it always it's was, still a great but, piece. Yeah. Uh, you try it with a Mega Drive controller. You try <laughs> flying that with a Mega Drive controller. <laughs> But it's a fantastic slice of um, my childhood, so I'm, I'm really quite happy with that. And I've I don't know why I've always wanted a Mega CD because uh, when I was at primary school, there was a quite rich kid um, who had a Mega. I had a, I just got a just got a SNES, mm. and he had a Mega Drive, and he was bought a Mega CD, and he got a 32x, and it had it looked at the time <laughs> so much different and, and cooler than. Um, my my you know snares and stuff like that the video motion and stuff like that and i just remember thinking like oh well one day i'm going to get a mega yeah and now i do have one. it's a bit like when um, pcs move from you know mountains of floppy disks to cd roms and you could do so much more with them exactly it's that cd that cd shift with like video motion. i can remember having actually having real star wars music that wasn't like <laughs> you know that was pretty much even if it was a sample yeah. but wasn't you know made from like beepity boop sounds from like you know a, a bit 16-bit processor yeah it does make a difference to it. So, um, yeah, I'm quite happy with that. So I've got that set up now, and um, I probably won't play it that often, but I do now have a slice of gaming history. So that is my um, retro gaming purchase of the month. It probably won't be my last retro purchase of the month, uh, of, the, of this kind of yeah. month. I have, I have my eyes on a Wii U next. Oh, okay. Now, it's probably not retro-retro. It's technically kind of last-gen, but in-between gens yeah. as a Nintendo Right now, the price is quite low and the game's price is quite low because a lot of them are remastered for Switch. Mm. But I have a feeling that within a year or so, a lot of YouTubers are going to be going on about how the Wii U is the best console ever made and it's better than anything else Nintendo ever produced because that's what tends to happen um, when a failed console goes on uh, and becomes a bit of a cult classic. So I might try and pick one up early mm. so I can be one of those YouTubers that goes how it's the best console ever made. So the, the value of it would go up. So in theory, you could sell it for like twice as much or something. Yeah, but I never no. would. I'd wait till the bottom drops out of the market completely. <laughs> That's how it works. All right. Okay, well, this is our first retro corner. Thank you very much. Let's move on to our next segment. So, everyone, Jam Baggers, just a very quick time to go into our backlog blue balls. Yeah. So, this is the segment of the show where we give a bit of an idea of what we've been playing and what we've not been playing because of our significant blue ball backlog. Yeah. So, uh, starting off with uh, with myself uh, this month, I've been playing, certainly on my current-gen console, uh, pretty much it's just been uh, Assassin's Creed Odyssey again, and a little bit of um, Amazing Spider-Man 2, which I know is universally kind of uh, thought of as a pretty terrible game. It's not actually as bad as all that, and I was just jealous of all you Sony ponies with your Spider-Man exclusives, and... Yeah, I didn't have much luck with Spider-Man 2, so I started playing that one, and it's, it, it's okay. It is okay. That is a stunning endorsement there from <laughs> Mr. Dante Rodriguez. It's okay. It is not bad. It's fine. Um, it, it elicits very little emotions in it, me. It is scratching that kind of nostalgic Spider-Man itch, even though the, nobody looks anything like Spider-Man or Peter Parker from any movie incarnation or you know, has any kind of particular kind of uh, good... Uh, game design or mission design 
ideas. But hey, it's it, it's fun to swing around a city, even if it is a lot smaller than the one in Spider-Man 2 for the PS2. Yeah, yeah, that smacks slightly of um, them not putting much effort into those ones. <laughs> no, no, they really didn't. Um, um, Max Payne won, like I say, from the retro cabinet. I've uh, given uh, all the way through part one of that, and yeah, graphical issues aside, I've still had fun with it. So, so yeah, I'm, I'm probably going to keep on going down the, uh, the the retro route. Uh, what have you been playing this month, Rudy? Well, it's been quite a, uh, a packed month for me. So I finished off Bayonetta two Ooh. on the Switch. Um, I managed to squeeze in a little bit of indie time um, with Donut County on the Switch. Mm. I finally finished Iconoclasts on the Vita, which was a little indie game, which um, I talked about in a previous podcast, but I finally sort of fought my way through to the end because I found it a bit difficult. And I was getting quite far into Shadow of the Tomb Raider oh, yes. uh, on Xbox. Um, and I even did a, a, a video about it uh, on our YouTube channel, so Jam Bags on YouTube, a little bit of idea about which I called about the the goody versus gameplay uh, scenario hmm. but um that blew out the water because i got my uh, filthy mitts on um sekiro shadows die twice over the weekend and that has stopped my playthrough of shadow of the tomb raider <laughs> and it's one of those games that um you know yeah it's pretty hard um but uh it's fair so i feel that when i die it's not um it's, it's not the game's fault but my fault mm. um, I get a great sense of reward for it so yeah it's pretty good um, so everything's everything's going to put on hold for for Sekiro um, I've also downloaded um, but I haven't played yet the Occupation which oh, yes. um, which we played at EGX uh, the first time at EGX yeah. uh, uh, is that just on uh, um, PlayStation now, or is that? Uh... No, it's on Xbox okay. uh, and PC. Um, I haven't played it. Um, I got it. I I think I actually pre-ordered it because it was cheaper to pre-order. Mm. Um, and I've got it sat there waiting on my hard drive, ready to play. But again, that was going to be my next game after Shadow Tomb Raider. But darn if I didn't get addicted to Sekiro, which is a difficult game. But uh, I'm enjoying it. Um, yeah, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, that, um, let's let's give you some antibiotics and we'll just move on. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, but so my my backlog blue ball is that I am not playing Shadow of the Tomb Raider at the moment, mm-hmm. um, and uh, the occupation and several other games which I kind of was looking into into playing. Um, and also from a retro pin, I'm also on my Game Boy Advance playing a little bit of Zelda, um, the Minish Minish Cap, which is just something I'm playing a little bit here and there. Yeah, no, I mean the stuff I'm not playing. I mean, there's a few things on my. 360 that I've got that I'm quite excited to play but everything else has sort of taken over there's kind of a superhero theme to this one because I finally found myself a copy of Captain America Super Soldier which was blatantly just a Arkham Asylum Stroke City ripoff with a Captain America skin on it but you know it was actually quite good fun while I was uh, kind of starting it off um so is that is that a film tie-in or is it? I, I believe it was actually a um yeah it was sort of released at the same sort of time as uh, the first Captain America movie yeah Okay, I don't think I remember that one at all. It's, uh, I've kind of been going through a lot of these superhero film tie-ins and trying to find the best of the bad bunch. I mean, I know that's kind of the, uh, you know, the like people on Top Gear say like the best of the STDs because they're all terrible. But um, but yeah, I mean that one's actually pretty good. I've I've just managed to find myself a copy of X Men Origins Wolverine, the game, which most people say is one of the better X Men uh, video games out there to to try out. So. Um, so yeah, there's a few th- sort of things like that, that I'd like to be playing that I don't necessarily have time for. But uh, Assassin's Creed just seems to be dominating my time at the moment. But I'm I'm hopefully going to get through that in there before the next podcast, so I've got something else to talk about. That would be uh, appreciated. Yeah. So um, I think that concludes our backlog blue balls. Uh, should we move on to the end of the show? Let's finish it off. Okay, Jam Baggers, we're coming to our final segment of the podcast, which is From the Jam Bags, which is where we answer questions from some of the viewers that we've got. I'll say viewers because we don't actually watch anything. Listeners, that's more accurate. Uh, yes, that is the podcasting term, Dante, that you would use uh, to describe people that consume a purely audio format. Well, yeah, but I'm kind of being optimistic that some people might be looking at this on YouTube at the same time as listeners. Shut up. Anyway, so we got some questions from uh, from some of our listeners uh, about uh, stuff that uh, they'd like to hear about us from. So uh, what have you got in that jam bag there, Rudy? 
Well, we have a question here from a friend of the podcast, uh, Darren, who, uh, Any Button Gaming, uh, Daz, Dazman, of words that we've never used to describe him before, but we are now. Um, this is, this is a, I like his example here. So he asks, what game do you always find yourself coming back to? Mine's Dark Souls, It's Like a Drug. Um, so we like to equate all our things with dangerous drug usage mm-hmm. uh, that could harm your body. But I like I like um, this choice of Dark Souls 3 there. And I think it's an interesting choice, which I want to touch on. But for you first, Dante, what's your... What's your um? What's your go-to game? What game do you kind of find yourself coming back to? I mean, I do have have a couple. I think the one overriding one from all of them is definitely Grand Theft Auto Vice City. Uh, Ooh, that is a good yeah, choice. Yeah, no, I, I love that game. I love the map. Okay, the controls are a little difficult these days because uh, modern targeting techniques have improved quite a lot. But uh, but yeah, just kind of getting around in that environment is a certain familiarity about it and. Uh, you know, just kind of 100%ing everything, getting on one of those scrambler bikes and collecting all your money from all your different houses and that kind of thing. You know, it's it's just, uh, it's it's comfort food gaming for me, uh, that one. Uh, other notable mentions, I'd have to include things like uh, Half-Life 2. Half-Life 2 is uh, is definitely one of my fav- more favourite narrative experiences. Uh, but, you yeah, know, Vice City is, is, is probably my, my desert island game, the one I'd play if, if I had no others to go back to. Mm, interesting. My one, and this is one I'm going to come back. I've got, I've got quite a few games that I do. I do. I wouldn't say I replay a lot of games, but there's a few that I feel I could always pick up. So um, I bang about it every podcast. Super Metroid. I've played that countless times. I just love it to bits. Um, I could probably replay. Um, I've replayed Bioshock oh, at least yeah. three or four times now. Bioshock mm. One. Um, Portal Two as well. I've replayed multiple Portal times. Portal One, I've played quite a lot. Yeah, that that that's good. Good shouts. Um, I've played The Last of Us uh, <laughs> twice all the way through. Um, Pony, and I probably could play that again. And I think, and this is why I'm interested in in, in the Dazzlator's um, choices, Dark Souls Three. I have gone back um, to Bloodborne. Um, I completed about two years ago. I have gone back to that. Ooh, you know what? Mm. A couple of times, not necessarily to complete the whole game because I, I don't know if I've got myself through that, but I absolutely love some of the levels on that and going back on New Game Plus and going to the worlds and just remembering some of the baddies and the atmosphere and the music and the, the, the design. And there is something perverse about going back and seeing if you've still got it. I, I do really, really like uh, Bloodborne and I haven't played Dark Souls 3. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't played the Dark Souls game. We've got them on my shelf in my backlog. But um, <laughs> yeah, I, c- I can understand what he's saying there. And the other game which has dragged me back in, oddly, is Zelda Breath of the Wild. Mm-hmm. Now, I wrote a blog post on it on our website, uh, jambags.co.uk, which is how uh, I found... Breath of the Wild, Zelda Breath of the Wild on the Switch, really hard to get into. Um, but while I was finding it hard to get into, I put over 100 hours into it. And even now, I sometimes have, I've picked it up recently again just to wander through Hyrule. And uh, when it was the year anniversary, I got a real nostalgia for wanting to go back and play it. And I can see myself going back to that title, even though there's not really much for me left to do apart from wander about and, you know, find seeds and stuff like that. But I'm I actually would want to play that one again so mm. good question um quite a lot of answers from from me and you there um so on to uh, another friend of the podcast uh, he's got two questions from uh from crowbar crowbar it must be said is uh, a, another childhood friend who knows us both from your i don't know what your means uh, the, the the days of your the nights of your it, it's it's back yeah, in them days, days back in them days back back in those days um two questions here first one i think we can wrap up pretty quickly yeah. In your opinion, what is the greatest side-scrolling beat-em-up Instantly, ever? Streets of Rage 2 on the Mega Drive. And we would mm-hmm. both agree on that. Streets of Rage 2 on the Mega Drive is a classic. My cousin had it. I never had it on the Mega, <laughs> I had a Mega my, Drive when I was a kid, but my cousin my had cousin it. My cousin had it too, my, I, who's not the same cousin as yours, but my cousin had it and we played it on his Mega Drive. Yes, um, and I I would absolutely love it, and I would just uh, play it again and again and again and again and again. And those I think I think that's undisputed in my opinion. However, I would throw a notable exception there, in the sense of notable from a nostalgia point of view. I loved the uh, Batman Returns <laughs> Super Nintendo <laughs> nice. game, which was side scrolling. It was just had some. There were some really chunky punches in it. You could really do some chunky yeah. moves. Uh, and you could like grab a sort of baddie and smash their <laughs> head into a window and like repeatedly punch it into a wall and stuff like that. And I don't know why it looked quite pretty. 
And I spent a lot of time playing that with the person who asked the question, Craywell, which makes me suspicious because I've got a copy of uh, Batman Returns on my shelf here and I have a feeling it might actually be his. <laughs> so this could have been a passive-aggressive way of him trying to get his uh, game gonna back. He's going to crowbar you to you death, Because it's, it's been many, <laughs> many years since I stole it from him. He lent it to me and then, um, I don't know, I probably just kept it and every time I had it. So you can't have it back and what a great gift. Thank you, uh, Crowbar. <laughs> He has another question there, and this one was oh, a lot right, harder yeah. for us to answer, a lot harder, which is, what's your favorite Star Wars game? can be any platform. Well, I, I think there's one that I'm going to have to go with overall, but there are so many honorable mentions here. I mean, Knights of the Old Republic is an absolute classic, so one of the great narrative experiences of, uh, of Star Wars. Uh, even kind of going back a little further than that, the uh, the Jedi Knight games, the Dark Forces 2, with all that kind of full motion video Ooh, in it. Yeah. Uh, but... They it's awesome. got to be a TIE fighter on the PC, um, largely as it is probably responsible for getting me into Star Wars in the first place. I have a very similar answer to you, um, which, again, I, I remember playing with, I think, yourself and, and Crow Bar <laughs> yeah. in the younger days. X-Wing versus yeah. TIE fighter, so best of both worlds. Now, the reason why I love that one is that I was a huge Star Wars fan uh, since I was a child, very young. Since I can, One of my earliest memories is watching Return of Jedi for the yeah. first time. Um uh, I love it. So playing in an X-Wing or a TIE Fighter um, in that game, with at the time the graphics were really, really good. The dogfighting, having a joystick was just I mean, m- Multiplayer was such me. a new thing at that time as well. I mean, we had these, uh, the LAN It was. We used to have massive... Uh... <laughs> yeah, we used to take all our PCs. I can remember being in your parents' yeah, house yeah. Um, with... Uh, across two rooms where all of us like just sat you know, on tables with the different PCs and these huge monitors. Yeah. Um, oh, it was before flat screens, like... wasn't it? These monitors were freaking huge. Yeah, it was. I mean, I, I, your poor table, I'm not sure <laughs> it survived didn't. it. Having all those games, stuff like that. And we had, um, so it was things like Quake, yeah. Duke, uh, Duke Nukem. Quake, Doom, uh, Duke Nukem. Um, and I think we played, I think you could play either TIE Fighter or X-Wing versus TIE Fighter on, on a yeah. LAN. Yeah, I think you, you could. Yeah, we could no, be wrong on that sure one. I'm pretty sure because we play all those games and we just absolutely well we actually had we had those and then we had like either a SNES or an N64 That's in the other room right. and we would cycle people through <laughs> we never had as many PCs as people so we used to cycle them through <laughs> but Xbox Best Tie Fighter I think um, I can remember getting the expansion pack which had a Superstar Destroyer and a B-Wing in it and spending <laughs> literally hours trying to take apart a Superstar yep. Destroyer which was very realistic in the sense that one little thing going pew 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 does take a long time to blow up a massive massive yeah. ship um, and yeah now if you want a good laugh on a Star Wars topic everyone I recommend I did this because I was trying to explain to someone what Superstar Destroyer was if you go to a YouTube clip and type in Superstar Destroyer Return of the Jedi, so the bit when he gets blown up at the end of uh, Return of the Jedi, mm. uh, read the comments and there is literally hundreds of comments of people arguing about how that ship could have been or not been attacked by fighters and crashed and its scale compared to the Death Star and all that kind of stuff. Um, it's just <laughs> hilarious. So I would just go watch people argue about something that doesn't make any difference. Um, on top of that, though, I would say uh, I was a big fan of Star Wars Rebel Assault mm-hmm. 2. Not Rebel Assault, sorry. I think it was was Rebel Assault 2. Um, no, Rebel Strike, Rebel... sorry. Ah, on yeah. The, no. um, GameCube games. Um, oh. And I remember that one. It was a launch title, I think. And I remember that having was really that great Rebel graphics Strike for or, the time. Or was, or was it Rogue Squadron? No, Rogue Squadron. It was the one that, it might was it the one that started off at, in, the, in the Hoth and you kind of had to do the... Uh... You know what? It's, you're right. It's Star Wars Rogue Squadron 2 on the mm. GameCube and Rogue Squadron 3 on the GameCube was called Rebel Strike, uh. which is the one I was thinking of. So, um, Which I also have in my retro collection. Well, but um, great games as well. So I know people would normally go with the original Battlefront games or the... The original um, Battlefront 2 is an absolute masterpiece. I'm not going to deny that. Yeah. Um, but we're a little bit older mm. than that. Um, in fact, if I could actually go back even further than that, I was a fan of the original arcade machine Star Wars where you'd sit inside <laughs> and fly down the Death Star Trench with like the oh, polygon that, lines. Yeah. Um, and I used to absolutely love that. And I think if I was a billionaire, I would get a restored mm. one of those and spend a lot of money on it, have that in the corner, <laughs> just because um, just it'd be cool. Uh, so, yes, yeah, so thanks, uh, Daddy Pants, and thanks, Crowbar, for some great um, questions there. I really enjoyed answering questions. Those. Yeah, a really good one. Cool. We've just gone for a very long trip down Star Wars memory lane there, so it's probably extended the life of this podcast a bit beyond yeah. what it should have been. But um, no, that was 
that was fun. So I guess, Dante, all that remains is for us to say where people can find and us. And you can find us on our Instagram account, uh, jambags underscore UK. You can find us on our respective Twitter accounts. So jambags underscore UK is the one handled by, by Rudy and dansolo96 is, uh, is handled by, by Dante. Uh, you can also find us on the web, jambags.co.uk. You can find us on YouTube. Uh, go search for Jambags in YouTube. And where have I forgotten, Rudy? Well, you can also listen to this podcast, if you're not already, on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and all podcast RSS feed apps as well. Um, oh, yeah. And drop us a line on any of us. If you want to ask us any questions or just generally hire us for mm-hmm. parties, we are We're, we're great with kids and stuff. Uh, yeah um we're great with kids we're great with old people um except uh not so great not so great with um blind people they can't really see us they're not very very good at that because our voices annoy people we're we're Um, pretty good with kids except when they talk about our retro games being stupid and think that modern games are better oh yeah then we would we would have Mm. them so um so yeah so do hit us up if you want to get in contact with us and uh, we hope you look forward to our bonus episode when we hopefully will be in the same room as each other, mano a mano to... Uh, what does that actually mean? Uh, I think that's you versus me, a man versus man, isn't it? I, I, we're not going to fight each other, are we? Oh. Well, I, I think we're going to have a good argument about what were the best games of the year. I mean, we've been threatening to do an awards show for, for quite a while now. and uh, Yeah, well, maybe that should be the focus of our what's our yeah, games we'll, last year. We'll, we'll get um, some, some nominations in place and then... Uh, I already know the answer to your one, so I, I'm just going to just argue with that one. Well, if you get around um, to finishing it. Oh, that is that? I was wrong then. I thought you were going to say something. Well, else. okay, um, maybe that one's probably going to come in, into the fun. But in terms of actual, you know, good storylines, the, the the one that you have yet to finish that you didn't even mention in your backlog. Uh, nah, it's just so far down my backlog. It's not going to get mentioned. It's going to be well. up your backlog in a minute. Okay, so thanks, everybody. Have a great few weeks, and we'll be in touch soon. See you on the next Jam Bags. Goodbye, Jam Baggers. Good to hear from you. Ooh, what's going on here? Sorry, this is... Oh, who is this? This is a call from Dan Danielson from Google. Uh, only that um hi dan well, i was um doing some asmr recordings to dante and he appears to have disappeared and and now you're how did you know that we well, were you see whenever anyone does an asmr the people at google can kind of channel through them and find out what they like to play in a game have you just um hacked our podcast no recording i have session? not just forget that that's ever happened and that it does sound a little bit like you, uh, like maybe you have done that because we were, um, well, how do I put this? Having a private conversation, we mentioned ASMR, and now you're you're here. Well, if you'd listen to the soothing hounds of the Hypnotoad, Hypnotoad, anyone who's listening to your podcast, throw away your old consoles and buy a Google Stereo because that's the way things are going now. Bye-bye, Mega CD2.